welcome to Big Blend Radio, where we celebrate variety and how it adds spice to quality of life. Everybody, welcome. Uh, so excited to have Alan Whitman join us on today's show to talk about his new soundtrack. Well, it's an actual EP album. It is something you actually just start listening to and get into. It's yeah. not something where you listen to a single or any of that stuff. Um, and I say stuff. This is just, it's, it's a journey. So welcome, Alan. How Thank are you? you? It's, it's, it's uh, very kind of you to, to have me on. I, I just wanted to point out that occasionally there may be these sharp, strange, like metallic cracks happening behind me. I live in a place where uh, with steam heat and it just we just oh. got hit with a good sized storm, one of the first of the season and uh, the heater is turned on. And so occasionally it sounds like dwarves banging on on metal in Moria or something like that. And it's just, did, did oh, you say no. doors or dwarfs? Dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> Bang, banging on you know they're mining in, in where the, are you you're in san francisco right or no? no i used to be in san francisco i spent i spent 38 years in the bay area but no um my family and i are, are now uh just east of uh, new york about 11 miles or so oh yeah i know you're getting the storm that we got in in uh louisiana the other oh, day. fair enough yeah yeah you're getting that storm as we record this and everyone pre-recorded by the time you hear it will all be cleared or not um right exciting and yeah. yeah no no our friends on her way we're, we're actually taking care of her friend's house and her pups while she's out uh representing the state of louisiana for the at the macy's parade wow so um yeah this she's, i mean she's this is a, she's holding down a balloon <laughs> um actually she's she's hanging out with she's going to be part of the i know she's not allowed to be part of the float we want her to be but huh. the float thing is a big deal apparently i've yeah. did not know what goes into the Rose Bowl and the Mason Parade floats, and so it's a big uh, the all, of, all that behind the scenes production. That's that's where the real action happens. Well, for an album too. So let's segue. See, good segue. You okay. did good. You did good. <laughs> segue into an album. Your album. Tell everybody the name of your new album. Well, it's Japanese, and it it may. I've been told by a couple of people it may be uh, the the, the um, translation may not be perfectly accurate. I wanted to use the phrase landscape of stories, landscape of stories, mm. following a trip that my family and I took to Japan for the for our daughter's birthdays uh, last August. And uh, it came out, according to Google Translate, Monogatari no Fue. And uh, I'm sure my pronunciation is inaccurate. And then some people tossed it back into, into Google Translate and they said something about it's the, the prefect, prefecture of stories. And I'm, I'm like, Hmm, I'm not sure what that translates to. So we're kind of in a little bit of a gray area right there. But uh, yeah, it's a good That's good. Gray areas are good. That's where conversation and open-mindedness happens and creativity uh, flourishes. Fair that's enough. that's where growth happens. And I want you to know, Nancy and I had a bet going on on how it's pronounced, and we both lost. But I think <laughs> Nancy won, like Nancy, everyone, my mom and co-host, um, uh, she... I think is winning at this point. She's got like a step above us. So that's a that's okay. But listen, this I'm very excited about your album. Thank you. I was listening to it and and I'm excited that you brought in like you, you have one at the station where this is beautiful music and then it's like boom, here's what it sounds like at the station. Like you hear all the hustle and bustle and everything and i think there i, I have a whole project i'm working on on mm-hmm. um people hearing what sound is and mm-hmm. i think yeah yeah it's it's a big massive crazy project and it's exciting elab- and i'm going to call you about you, this can you elaborate <laughs> a little bit more about what you mean like for people to find out what sound is did i understand okay that? okay so okay so what we're doing we document parks and public lands ah and so 
as we travel the country, not, I mean, we do our big blend stuff and music, arts, history, you know, travel, all of that. But parks and public lands is about uh, people loving and understanding their parks, not loving them to death, but understanding also the communicate, like the uh, connection between the community and the park. And you say so, national parks, state parks, all parks, just parks. all parks. We started yeah. with national parks and now we say all parks matter. We love all <laughs> parks, pocket parks. All, yeah. I got in trouble for that. I, I, too. I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to steal the fire from a, from a cultural movement, but I understand what you're saying. I actually, the cultural movement and art, we had, a, we had t-shirts made all parks matter. And that happened at the same time. <laughs> and, um, we were wearing them and people, some people laughed and some people got mad and then we're like, okay, our new pajamas now. Um, we didn't mean it that way. We do mean like not. all parks matter because it's like, it's preserving and protecting history. Interesting. Sense of place. And this is the thing I thought about your album is sense of place was immediate for me. No, interesting. Immediate. Oh. It's a very huge thing is people that travel um, and do tourism work about responsible tourism and all of that in parks history nature um and sense of place is a huge part of life it's like if you if you travel somewhere and you gave us this piece of japan that i've never been there in the sense of place through the music and then also just the soundscapes of these places the station and everything you could oh i'm there so part of what we're doing next year is we're actually revamping our entire Love Your Parks tour to be taking all these parks we've been to. Even over COVID, we did like 1,500 parks. No freaking joke. Everybody what? else was at home. We were documenting. Wow. And um, yes, they did not have facilities, but we know how to squat. <laughs> but anyway, exactly. it's terrible to say. <laughs> Terrible thing L- to say, but luckable Lou to the rescue. But but no, the we've done uh so many interviews with and it's not so many, it's musicians that uh field record um for the National Parks Arts Foundation. Hmm. They have this residency program where artists and musicians, songwriters, dancers, I don't care, filmmakers, writers can apply to be in their artist residency program, which is within a national park unit for a month. Okay. So like Hawaii volcanoes, by the way, full house, six bedroom house with a sound a recording studio in there. Just saying. Tell me now. Wow. I know. No. National Parks Arts Foundation dot org. Just giving him a good plug. We love them. Yes. Chaco Canyon think, up in kind, northern New Mexico. You kind of went, sorry to interrupt you. You kind of went quickly over that. I think to give them a proper plug because we love our national parks. I think say that again, but more slowly. National Parks Arts Foundation dot org. Nah. You too can apply for a one month <laughs> one month residency in a national park mm-hmm. or like Chaco Canyon northern New Mexico you could mm-hmm. go to Dry Tortugas National Park in the Florida Keys and have your own island for a full month but oh. you have to bring a partner because you are off grid totally you even have to go through hurricane training and NASA training and all kinds of That's stuff cool. to do this but you are off the grid for a month to record and create And I think that is something amazing. But these musicians and artists that we've been interviewing, we do this show every first Friday. A lot of them do field recordings. Mm. And I started getting into it because we're in parks. And Nancy and I are always here. Like if you watch birds, you hear them before you see them. Bird watchers know this. It's like, oh, that's a cardinal over here. But you may not see the cardinal, but you can hear them and you know that you've witnessed a cardinal bird right yeah and so now i want to record the sound so that blind people know what it's like to be in that park because we have completely in our society forgotten about blind people in parks on the internet so you can may go to a park and they may have some braille sign which is great a little outdated too but great right But if some, we can look at national parks, we can look at pictures of Yosemite, Yellowstone, whatever, you can go to Africa, you can go anywhere on the internet and see pictures. But how about hear them? Right. Right. So that's where we're going with our stuff. So 
listening to what you do with music is so huge because it puts you in the sense of place, but it also gives you this other feeling of where you were and emotion. It brings in this emotional side. Does like, that make sense? Yeah. I'd like to, to elaborate on what you said, because a person that listens to something like what I made, or if another person makes a soundscape that is evocative of place, I think that uh, the listener must bring with them some, um, you have to, uh, what's that phrase? Um, oh, Lord, it just left my mind. Open-mindedness? <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. But where you uh, suspend disbelief. I'm sitting here in a yes. headphones. Maybe I'm on a train going to work. But I'm hearing it and I'm allowing it to come into it. And I'm building something. I'm building my experience based on that. But that is just... That soundscape, that that thing I'm hearing, it's not hitting me over the head the way that pop music does. And don't get me wrong, I love pop music; it's hilarious. But it doesn't. It's it's it requires me as a listener to to accept it and and kind of I don't want to use the word want, but I open this pathway and it comes in and it kind of explodes in my head. The reason I'm going off on this little tangent is because it was very strange. My wife encouraged me to create this work, and it is due to her um, her. Uh, encouragement that that I did this and I never thought to myself okay I'm going to try to create a Japanese soundscape and yet with the use of the titles and the explanation of how this how the source recordings came about somehow the uh, the music and then the uh, the the audio environment is as you say and it has been to several so lots of people which it has kind of stunned me because I didn't sit there and try to go, okay, I'm going to make this sound like the beach of Fukuoka. I'm going to do that. I didn't. I just kind of started doing stuff and it, it either made sense to me on an emotional level or it didn't. And there was actually one, one piece that I got about 70% into it. Like I was kind of getting close to that. I ditched the entire thing. I said, nah, this isn't working. Wow. And I, well, so it's okay. You know, you got to let, you got to be able to fearlessly edit, you know, you got to fearlessly yeah. And it opens the pathway for other stuff to come in. Anyway, to wrap up this point that I'm sort of circling around, um, I wasn't trying to recreate a particular station environment except through the use of the sample. The sample is pretty obvious. But this piece of music just kind of grew of its own. I cannot, I mean, I feel like a dork, but I can't really lay claim to it because I was kind of selfishly going, oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, I think I'll do that. <laughs> I'm like a complete idiot. And and it sound, it does sound nice. I really like it. I like what happened, but it wasn't intentional. I guess maybe that's the word. It wasn't intentional. It wasn't didactic. It wasn't... Um, that's nice, though. That's pure. I guess you could and, say that. Yeah. And I, think, and I think that's the thing about sense of place mm -hmm. is that it's real, right? And right. You, can't, you can't BS it. You can't. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you and if you're going to keep... And that's integrity to the music integrated the place so when you merge those things together right. you cannot that you can't be said i'm trying to be so polite but it's like well, you can't but you you know you bring up a really good point one of my favorite pieces of music back from the 70s is by a band called 10 cc mm -hmm, sure. oh, great okay i'm not in love so don't yeah 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 yeah, yeah. okay amazing record the last picture show i think is what it's called or the last soundtrack i forget now what it's called darn it anyway there's a really long piece on it called unui in pali and it begins where he's he's you hear bottles breaking and you hear the <laughs> you know the horn and all this kind of stuff and it's obvious it's it's tongue-in-cheek it's 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 you know what what the brits would call taking the piss you know and, mm -hmm. and indeed they are creating a soundscape escape evocative of a hollywood paris obviously right because if you really went there you just hear an urban setting you know it's going to be an urban setting it's not really going to sound like paris maybe i i would expect so yes there is that intentionality to things that yeah you and you sense it right away you're like okay you're trying to sell me something and in 10 cc's case it's okay we want them to sell it to us because it's pop music we're like okay that's awesome but you can tell the difference between as you said it comes from a real place or you're you know you're, you're trying to it's got to have the grit and texture and the imperfections right that's right you, you can't be you know as travelers and travel writers photographers musicians we know you can't like you can't 
there's the travel guide versus the memoir. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah. The memoir yeah, but... is going to be like, okay, I'm going to admit these names, right? but I'm going to give you the grit. And the grit mm -hmm. is where everything lives. The gray area, the grit, that's where it all is the best place. And yeah. and I think it uh, makes you want to make... go to a place, actually. Okay, say that again. I'm sorry. The grit, the grit. Yeah. Yeah. When I, you're in the grit in the gray area of a, um, an artistic piece, whether it's a memoir or uh, a novel or music like your album, now you have that gray area of grit, and I and I it sounds weird. <laughs> I explain it, other than it's about the truth, and you've got to have that, and that's where real art flourishes is from the truth, the good, the bad. The ugly, the beautiful. <laughs> we Art. forget the beautiful a yeah. lot. My my um, dad and you have it all. To, uh, my dad would. You want have me. a lot of beautiful in there. Thank in you. the album. I really appreciate a lot that. Of I really beautiful. do. That 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 comes from my heart. I just you know I, I I was serious when I said I just kind of made it because I I liked doing it and it made me happy. So to hear people um, respond to it uh, is is deeply gratifying. And and well, the travel yeah. writer. And I actually have been a journalist and published author, and I've been a, a managing editor of a of a twenty four seven news website. You know, not a big one, but you know, I've done all that kind of stuff. I've done an enormous amount of writing, and um, I have a website, alanwhitman.com, where I put up some writing that I used ostensibly to get hired, which is tough these days. But um, wow, I completely relate to what you're talking about. I've got I've got you know all kinds of writing, and whether it's blogging or whether it's travel writing or, you know, you're hiking the John Muir trail and you're writing about your experience with that oh, yeah, yeah. news writing and all these other things. Like, so I, I get exactly where you're coming from. It's, 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 it's recreating this experience, but you're using language and it's all through filters. And I mean, at one point the whole thing just becomes a giant soup and hopefully the soup tastes good, but doesn't always. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's so funny because I, I was talking about this with Nancy the other day about travel writing and travel writers because we, do so many shows with travel writers and you know publish their work and everything and and then I go to like how many times can you use the word delicious and what are we going to do about how many words are we going to use like are we going to get into all these fancy words when the art is really about storytelling right and how fancy are we going to get? Oh, we want we want to be the snob with the fancy word I mean, versus Dashiell Hammett. Right? Right? You read Dashiell Hammett. <laughs> He tells a story. His, he does not get in, into highfalutin vernacular. He doesn't do it. He uses the same words or or Bukowski, right? Or even Kerouac, if you like. I mean, yeah. they're, they're using all the same damn words again and again and again. But sometimes somehow it's still a compelling narrative. How do they sense do of place? Know? It's sense of place. That's what, going back to your album. Sense yeah. of place. You set yeah. the scene, yeah. and I think it's so important now. I know this is, you know seven songs but it's an experience so to me this is one of those you put in you listen to the whole i love that where it's um you're on a journey and at this day and age where we're like single 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 like listen it's like here here's your one potato chip you don't get the whole bag here <laughs> it is this is your golden potato chip that's it that's it you're <laughs> you know I don't, I don't want the golden potato chip. I want the bag because I do. I want like to sit out and watch the ducks in the pond and eat the potato bag of potato chips, the small bag. <laughs> and, and, and I want my moment. You know, I want a moment. I don't want the golden potato chip that goes here. I cracked your tooth because I'm golden. You know, uh, I, I love, I love pop music. I love pop songs because, you know, one in 10,000 is stone genius. And the rest of them. Yeah, are, that's true. You're right. You're, you're right. To, you're trying to kill me here. Or you, you, you want my attention too much, which is part of the beauty of pop music. Mm -hmm. But you just want my attention too much. And I, I don't have that much bandwidth, you know. So it's a love-hate relationship. But when you get a good one, oh, my God. Walking on sunshine, right? Oh, How, I, you I actually, hate that song as much it. as you want, but you really love it. Well, you know, that song, actually, and this is this is what's great about humans, right? That song doesn't do it for me. I got it right away. I understood it immediately. It was like, okay, yep, yep, it's it's great pop song, but it didn't get me at a deeper level. 
It didn't get me inside. Something like I Can See for Miles by The Who, that early pop song, that got me on a deep level. Like that scared me a little bit. It was like, wait, there's something else going on there. Yeah, that's that's just one example. There's, I mean, there's new stuff. Oh my God, speaking of new, have you heard, are you familiar with Outcast? Yes. Okay. Have you heard Andre 3000's brand new album that just dropped last week, I think? No. No. Oh my God. I'm not going to say anything else other than he has just thrown away the rule book. It's amazing. I want to hear anybody yeah. who throws a rule book I out the window. I, mean, I, I think it's I think it's off the hook, but it ain't what you expect. <laughs> well, that that's the thing. It's like you've got to throw the rule book away in music. He just you did. Know. God bless him. <laughs> oh man. No, well, I I'm gonna have to outcast was like when i was like in my teens and stuff yeah this like, is not outcast this is not outcast it, that's a, oh i'm gonna yeah. well now well now let, let me go to that about your album right okay. Okay. people know that okay so you work with joe satriani and a whole bunch of people like uh surf rock right sure. the merman okay. yep. the merman yep. the merman i get to say the merman <laughs> i love that it's fun uh, not the merman the merman no, um <laughs> but you, you've done all these different genres, right? And so when we go to this album, I'm going, they're going to be surprised. Yeah, fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. but isn't that the beauty of it all? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Picasso is a good example of somebody who just kept changing stuff. Miles Davis just kept, you know, Lou Reed. I'm just going to do what I do. And that's cool. You know, I mean, it's it's fine to be the kind of artist who keeps recreating their own personal wheel, nothing wrong with it at all. But then there's also the people who are breaking new ground for themselves. I'm not talking about, they, they don't have to be a, a, a leader for humanity. They're just pleasing themselves. I mean, I, I you know, come back to Picasso. He's always doing this wacky stuff and he's kind of leading the way. Miles Davis, another perfect example. He's just leading the way in his own way, just doing what, what pleases him in his own damn way. And, that's enough in my book. You know, that's enough. I agree. I agree. Doing the art and the integrity to it. So that's where these sound recordings, being out, you know, filming at the station, well, recording at the station, but actually getting these field recordings brings integrity into a, a sense of place of sound. If it works. And it works so it, it just kind of gives you this, you know, like I grew up in Kenya as a little kid. Wow. And I think this was close to it for me. Um, going in and being out in nature and this beauty, right? Mm -hmm. Birds. This is where your music comes in. Sound, just just beauty, right? Mm. And then you go into the market or you go anywhere near a town, it's like hustle bustle. It's right. like what? It's like a opposite, but right. it's really not because the birds sound the same. Well, it's but the people almost sound like the birds. I'm going to put oh. the animals first, <laughs> right? The okay. hustle bustle is the same thing. You could put a bunch of hello crows at a crosswalk. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And I mean, could... because sometimes the stories write themselves. You know, you hear a particular sample. It's like, you know, you hear the beep, beep, dude. Yeah. Beep, and it feels that, that actually that that particular recording um, was just done like in the middle of the afternoon on a weekday. But it sounds now that I listen to it, it sounds like 4 a.m. and heavy mm -hmm. fog. It's weird. And I, I think I, I listened to it. I'm like, wait a second. That doesn't sound like what I remember doing, but it, that's what it is. Really See, but now, what do you think about this for people? If people who travel get to go there and experience all these sounds, they're, now they're going to be connected to the places, right, that you went to. Okay, now locally, they're going to be connected. They're like, oh, he's recorded our area, our hmm. land and made music of it so now you're appealing to the locals maybe you're yeah. appealing to the travelers and then i go back to people that can't be there can actually have the sense of place of hearing because sound is such a big deal when you travel it's a huge deal it sounds a big deal anyway i mean my god you know 
Just, yeah, sound is what tells you when something's going down, too. <laughs> True enough. That's right. Right? You know, like, oh, crap. <laughs> you know, you know, move, run. Um, but I, I think what you're doing, I just, I love it when people put sense of place into the music and can do that. And you've done it really well. Thank you. I that really it flows you. and also jolts you. I'm not going to say it flows like, oh, you're on a smooth little riverboat ride and there's no bumps in the river. That's, that doesn't exist, number one. Right. Um, and so it's reality. And again, a nod to sense of place because there's no such thing as a smooth river for, you know, that many minutes. <laughs> I wanted to take the, the song Clouds. I guess I forget which number track it is. But it's three, only- number three. Oh, thank you. It's only it's only about two minutes long. And I wanted to make it like 20 minutes long. Mm. <laughs> I just love I can imagine that feeling. I love that just that can play in the background and I can just go. Oh. This is a beautiful. Your music is beautiful. Tell sure. us a little bit about your musical journey. When when did you get started in music? Like when you knew Before. like, wow, oh, I'm going to do this for the I mean, that's what I was saying, you know. <laughs> I think it started in the womb, I have to say. And and no joke, my father sang second bass. I, I'm a bass player primarily and a vocalist, believe it or not. But um, yeah, my yeah. father sang second bass and he had a really powerful, accurate voice. And he sang in church choir and he sang in, in quartets. And his music was very, you know, I mean, my God, he had access to... Um, you know, Harlem and that places like that, right? After oh, but he never went. Back he, then. In what? The he only knew about church music and, and um, oh. barbershop quartet bullshit. So God bless him. Still, he could really. But sing. there's still a sound. You see, that's a thing. Yeah. Like, well, it's part, it's, it's part like, of the, damn it. But the family life. <laughs> we sang four part harmony growing up. I was, a, oh. I was a soprano. My sisters can sing. My father could sing. And we could do wow. we could do Edelweiss in four-part harmony effortlessly without practice. But and that we, learning so. harmony taught you bass, right? Didn't we didn't it? learn like, it. We just kind of did it. It was weird because it kind of, I, I guess what I, I, I don't want to like make it into a, into a, a, a judgment of any kind, but it just mm-hmm. it came so damn naturally that yes, we sang in church choirs. We did that. We absolutely did that. And that does teach you a lot. And uh, it was so rewarding because it was more than just doing it right. It was how good it felt. I mean, my God, mm. really felt. God, when you get the harmony right, uh-huh. it, it, it's like a, it's like meditational. It. It's, it's, it is like a, it's amazing. I did a thing with, um, oh God, what do you call them? Um, David Madrigal Singers. Hmm. Is that how you pronounce that? Madrigal, 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 madrigal. Is, a madrigal is a form of song from, I guess, the 1600s is when it first popped up. Wow! And it uses four pieces, to my knowledge, and it's not always vocal. Sometimes it's only instrumental. But yeah, uh, they have like uh, Janis Joplin's little thingy that they. <laughs> this, wow. this is when I was a teenager. I when we got to this country, I wanted to get back in music, and hey, Janis I Joplin was in a madrigal. I don't know. No, no, she wasn't. She had a auto harp. Um, one of those. She had like that little auto harp instrument. Like, I didn't know that. That's cool. She did play Janice. That's how she got around musically at the beginning. Was like an auto harp, and I oh. may have the name wrong of this instrument, but. It was an auto harp, and Nancy's child. giving me the heads. And Nancy knows she yeah. she knows all, and she's already winning the contest on the name of your album. So, um, <laughs> she gets the second base on this one. But no, so I entered this. I went and said, "Okay, I'll re- like go and audition for this madrigal singing group," and and I had to. This woman sat with their pling pling pling, the the auto harp thing, pling pling pling. It was like going back in Amish times almost like really and I had to sing and read music and I hadn't done it since I was a kid in school and I was still young really young just got back here I think I was like 21 22 Uh had no clue and I had to like it was like a speed test of reading music and singing like you that's the b you better hit the b and know what the b sounds like here's your little cue from the piano and the the little harpy thing and um i I did it i did it 
and I got accepted and I went, hell no, I'm out. But I was like, oh my God, that was such a test to mm. learn music. Like it was a speed test. It was a rehearsal. And I don't know why I did what I did and why I did it, but I wanted to push myself in That's that. And that reading music and harmony, you had to sing harmony and on the spot. And I think they saw that I could do it. And I should have probably stuck with it just for that education. But the harmonies, when you get harmony, it is the most beautiful thing on the planet. Absolutely. You can't beat it, right? It's like, and, one and voice, one nice voice it happens. Great, but when you start piling voices on top of them and they're all together, it, de it definitely becomes transcendent. Same as with instruments, right? That's when you jam and stuff, like it's like, oh, we're in there. I think it's good. And if if everybody's yeah. on the one, as as uh, as as the man says, if everybody's on the one, yeah. But it can also be discordant and uh, very difficult to listen to. Can, oh, been there, been yeah. there. And then as a vocalist, going, "Holy crap! I'm going to yeah. have to sing this out <laughs> somehow." Oh, but but this but I think this is what's interesting. You are able to take things that were not necessarily going to flow with the music and put it in there. Yeah, you That's follow your, what's interesting. You follow your inspiration at that point, right? As if you're a painter, you're like, I'm going to put this here, right? What was it? Oh God, Kate Bush. I put this, oh. I put this moment here in your left ear. And then she goes, I put this moment here. And now she's in your other ear. And then she goes, I put this moment. And then you hear a man's voice over here. And it's like, wow, it's really great. <laughs> the point is, is that you choose where you want it to be. And if you're not, involved in it mentally then it's as we've been talking about it's coming from a, a, a it's coming from an honest place and that's going to resonate with a listener who who has ears to hear which is nice oh this is awesome i love this conversation with you this is <laughs> you creativity it. right you it's started. creativity it's creativity and honesty and mm -hmm. you can't have true creativity without pure honesty i guess i mean it's it's you know we we well, really maybe not well, I don't we know now. Words. We, we need words to communicate. And oftentimes, you know, expressing the inexpressible is it's either a fool's game or or it's, you know, a, a profit making enterprise for like, you know, a dummy's guide to poetry or something like that. It's it's tough. It's really tough. It's talking about art. It's it's extremely problematic, you know, unless you're really deeply involved in a, one particular artist's creative process. Like I could probably listen to Miles Davis talk about how he made something, but he wouldn't because he'd be like, whatever, I'm on to the next thing. You know, it's the, I get it. Yeah. It's really. Get on with it. Yeah. yeah it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's weird and wild and beautiful. You know? It is. It is. Creativity is weird, wild and beautiful. And it it's is. a trip and, and it's often painful too. You know, creativity is like, uh, because you also have to edit. And I, I, I get in trouble all the time for saying you have to edit and cut, you know, kill the babies. Like, you, have to things... you must be a fearless editor. I am convinced. You have to be willing to throw something away if you're not, capital N, feeling, capital F, it, capital I. You got to be just absolutely fearless with yourself. And that's a tough thing. I, I think that's a real challenge. Mm. But when you're putting an album like this together and you're going through your field recordings and you may have had like, this is my one thing I really want in there. And then you go, it doesn't flow with the rest. Like mm. that's got to be hard. Do you think like sometimes it just goes, you shall, do you shelve it for something later or yeah. do you just cut it? Uh, because like, I often feel like creativity is you create to destroy. <laughs> it's like a weird. Well, it's you're Kali, the, right? You're Kali. You're the creator and the destroyer. Yeah. It's two sides yeah. of the same Ah. Uh, cool. Now, do you have things that you, like, from your recordings and creativity of this album that may become a second? I thought about it. I have plenty of other field recordings. Um, it would be searching within the recordings that I have not used, because, you know, you do the first pass and you you pull out what you like. And then you've got other stuff. And will I revisit it? I may. I may. I don't know. I'm working on a couple of other things right now that are that are taking uh, the place of that. But I yeah. Know that. And you know, you know how 
in creativity and in life, everything goes in waves. And there was a particular period of time when I could create that album. Probably it was made in, I don't know, call it three weeks, four weeks, something like that. Primary. Yeah, it was quick. I was this quick. past month has been impossible. I don't know why that is, but who, who cares? I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to look for reasons. It's just sometimes you got the time to create and other times you're just going to have to make pizza and go grocery shopping and keep the laundry. <laughs> Listen, we live on pizza, salad and coffee and wine. Yeah. <laughs> we travel is the safest and easiest way to, <laughs> to survive. Yeah. It is because there's times where we're like, okay, we can make a decent dinner. And then there's the super high tense, like you're going nonstop and people don't understand creative times of all hours. They don't. And, and it's okay. They don't have to, but at that time we call for pizza, right? (laughs) Every moment is, is certainly a, a, a portal. If it seems right. Other times it's just like, I'd rather just go to sleep, but there are Ah. times, you know, it could happen anytime. You don't know. You just don't. But this this album to me, I I love it because it's again going outside the country for you, right? Mm-hmm. And so, was that part of the? Um, hey, I went like, what was it for you that said I'm going to make an album? Like actually, like primarily my album. wife, you know. She, I mean, you know, she, you're saying that about recordings, but like the album was she the album too? Ah, I see your point. Um, yes, yeah, she was. She she indirectly suggested the creation of it I, I don't know if she had a particular vision probably not she's an artist as well but in, in a different mm. medium she works in fabric and um oh it, awesome. I think she was thinking yeah she's very she's she's pretty 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 up there in in, in their world oh um but um I, I think that she was encouraging me to do more openly creative work as opposed to crafting uh, amusing pop songs for myself and my friends, you know, that's okay. But I think she encouraged me to sort of branch out, but with, again, without too much intentionality, there wasn't a, uh, wasn't a lot of intentionality in this, in this work, which uh, is its own reward. <laughs> it's really pleasing. I think that's when it is the true nature sometimes, you know, right. yeah. when it's just like, it's calling you and it's like, you're supposed to go there. So that's awesome. And I love that your your wife works in fabric because that's like a beautiful art form that is forgotten. I'm yeah, a huge, huge yeah. fabric lover. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, really, really. Um, growing up in South Africa, we used to have all these imprints of different historical patterns and stuff. And anyway, it, that's a whole other show. But that's. <laughs> but anyway, tell tell your wife, please. I respect. I bow down. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'll tell you. I, I, I absolutely no, agree. no. Fabric art is um yeah yeah. Don't start me anyway. <laughs> it's a huge huge deal. But okay, so it is out now through squeakystudios.bandcamp.com. Right, everyone, go there. Yep. Uh, Squeaky Studios. Can we just talk about that name? We like the squeaky. Who wants the squeaky? The squeaky toy. Everybody. I think, yeah, it's really, it's really, it was kind of goofy. I wasn't taking myself seriously when I put together that particular, I don't know, what, what do we call it, brand. And I also misspelled squeaky intentionally because um, <laughs> yeah, the, regular, yeah, the regular spelling wasn't available. So I inserted an E before yep. the I in squeaky, which just makes it even more complicated. Like, really, Alan, you got to like, you got to like make yeah. this problematic for yourself. So, I just started pooping out stuff, you know, making things that amused me. And um, after a while, you know, again, my wife was very supportive. She's like, I think, you know, you should take this seriously and you should actually represent with your own name. So this particular album is, is for all intents and purposes, the first time I've put out music in my own name in, oh, geez, it's been decades. It's been a long time. And so I think, I think that particular representation when, when one, accurately represents oneself i think i think that's added some gravitas to it i think i mm. think resonance i think i think that's made it a little bit more than just like you know hoo-ha i, I played guitar yay you i think, I think well that- i mean yeah i mean people look you know obviously you're you know you look back at you know playing with joe satriani and um the mermen i i love saying the mermen <laughs> you really do don't you that's really awesome we no, uh, it's fun. formed that band in 89 and the guitar player um, who uh, at the time was just messing around on a four track and he and I worked in a music store together. 
we did not like each other at all. I mean, we wow. did not, we, there was frisson. It was not good. And uh, it, of course it was commission sales. So we stole each other's deals and we, we didn't like each other. Right on. I come in. I mean, he was always over there with a Stratocaster and a cheap reverb and, and a Porta studio, a four track cassette recorder. And one morning when I guess we were in a good mood or something wasn't so bad, I said, can I listen to what you're making? And, and to his credit, he was like, sure, you can hear it. And they were these simple guitar melodies over a drum machine. And of course, the drum machine was going to do that, that, do that, do that, that, do, 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 of course. And but the melodies were really compelling. And I was like, this is really good. Do you mind if I put some bass parts to it? He goes, no, that's fine. In his totally lackadaisical way. And so I did. And after it was over, he goes, oh, yeah, I like it, too. I, he said, what do you think I should do? I said, we should get a real drummer and record it in a real studio. And that's what always get a real drummer. Thing. I'm sorry, everybody get a real drummer. It's true. It's part of the foundation. A bass Absolutely. player cannot play with a don't. Anyway, sorry. No, it's, no I, I hear you. It's the, your rant is, 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 uh, you're preaching to the choir, but you're, exactly I know. Right. <laughs> right. No, it's true. And so we actually made that record Krill Slippin'. And from there on, it just became this burgeoning insanity and a whole bunch of other stories. And then I left in 99, uh, right around there. And uh, that whole thing fell apart. It's a whole different world. And, and then, that was when you were in the Bay Area, right? Yeah, I lived in the Bay Area for 38 years, from 1980 wow. to uh, 2018. And oh uh, wow, wow! Okay. Was, so you were there when we were, we drove through. Yeah, yeah, we were there doing our tour and stuff. But yeah. that's a you were there for a while then. Like yeah, and the Mermen were 89 to the 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 original Mermen that I was part of. Um, wow. We're there from 89 to call it 98, maybe 99 is pushing it. I did a few shows with them after I came back because it was some bad blood, unfortunately. You know, bands suck. Yeah, band, band. There's stuff. bad blood. And then one day I was doing a show with some improv guys, Ralph Carney, who used to play with, um, he died a couple of years ago. He used to play with Tom Waits. And so I was in an mm -hmm. improv with him and a couple other cats. We we're going up to a show and I got a phone call and it was, it was the drummer for the Merman, Martin. And I'm like, hello, Martin. It's been eight years. You know, he goes, yeah, um, you got to, can you come back? And I'm like, okay, Martin, but you know what? Jim, the guitar player, Jim's got to call me because I appreciate you calling me because, you know, I got no bad blood with him. We have no karma, but with the guitar player, with Jim, I was like, I want, I want Jim to call me. So he called me the next day. He goes, well, I'm, I'm calling you from the surf break and, and pillar point. And, <laughs> oh man, you got to, I'm like, okay cool you know good that's what i wanted and the answer you just gotta clear the yeah. air yeah we'll do it and then i was with them again second time version two for maybe what a year or less oh that's right i said we got to make a new album that's the only way i'll stick around is if we actually make an album we you write the songs we rehearse them we play them and we record them no no messing around we have a we have a goal and we do it and we did it and then we had a big um we did a bunch of shows and we had a record release party in san francisco and i got joe satriani and his drummer jeff campitelli to come and they came because wow. i've been trying i've been courting joe for decades i've been ever since he released his first because i used to be in bands that played with him and, and jeff yeah. together in their new wave band so i knew them and they knew me and it was just never worked out and finally it worked out and they came to the show and joe was like oh my god and i was like thank you let's play together and he goes okay and i'm like holy shit that was easy <laughs> so that that's how you got together with joe so yeah but I, again i've known him for decades and jeff as well jeff's a marvelous drummer oh my god but that's but it really is about relationships and well, yeah. band mm -hmm. band drama is like epic yeah what i mean, is, no, I it, mean it have to be joe's a real professional he's he's no joe he's joe but the merman yeah. when you're in a band like that you know you're, you're driving across the country in a ford f350 towing a trailer and you all hate each other and it's eight hours to oh, nine you know and you just played in um in, no. in Albuquerque or more than that's like more like 20 it's like who can fart the loudest just to Lord piss off the other love person a duck yeah 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 no no it's it's bad <laughs> our band in san diego man I mean, our rhythm guitarist, we thought he was in jail for um, drugs and stuff. His mm -hmm. previous jail time it turned out he was a rapist. Oh, God, no, that's not. I know. Like, and, and he, I mean, we've shared hotel rooms and stuff. Like, we're like, holy crap, really? Yeah. Um, our first gig was in Mexico, got over the border, and, and our drummer got arrested. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I mean, band 
Man sucks. Steph is, Just go ahead and see you, it. You, That's all you but need. But it see. is. It's a beautiful thing, and it's not. I people think it's all ro- a romantic story. Not when you're going through it. No, mm-hmm. it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is the, the power of music. Is right. truly. That's what keeps you together you can, as long as you still have that. Yeah, That's- you can have a bunch of people you don't like together, and you can actually produce something really good. It's really amazing, isn't that? Like in a band, your anger can transform on stage into something beautiful or a recording. It really can transform into something beautiful, no matter what was the intent. It's actually difficult for us because we haven't been trained in how to manage that energy without having it spill over into our breakfast. That's tough. We're getting there. We're getting there. Hopefully. Yeah, I hope so. I, I would I, like, you know what? I would like to. I would like to hope, because I still do, even after all this time. I'm pointing my finger at the screen right now while I talk. Get the visual right. I would like to think <laughs> that we are actually evolving and that we're just going through an incredibly difficult and painful upheaval right now as a human race. But I still hold out hope, where a lot of people have given up. And I've talked to many people about that. There's one fellow in particular who taught me how to meditate and who I worked with, did body work for many years in San Francisco. And um, I asked him once, I was like, well, you know, what do you think? I mean, you have any hope for the human race? He goes, no. I'm like, holy shit, you don't? No, you have to keep hope. That's what you I have think. to. I do. Because, I really because if, you, if, you, if you get into history, history repeats itself, right? Mm. Like we have that. climate change. We have all of these uh, wars that are the same wars. Yeah. Right. Basically repeating Mm -hmm. themselves. But human. You know, you see humanity. Through these wars and through disasters, when we lived in California, we lived in Julian, San Diego uh, is a mountain town. And we went through at that time, the largest wildfire. We went through seven evacuations in a year and a half. And I saw humanity of people that stole each other's business signs get together to save each other right i saw um cops also take people's dogs and put them into the like people that are evacuated with their dogs and also cops take their dogs and say you have a dog in the car i'm like yeah you're evacuated you idiot um you know so we've seen all kinds of different things of all kinds of emergency situations and unfortunately and nancy and i've been through a little bit of everything having lived in kenya england south africa mexico and america when disaster happens it doesn't matter what country you're in people get together and they work together some people are asses and will steal from you during a disaster but 95 to 98 percent of the people will actually work together then the disaster happens and everybody goes, oh, man, everybody's so cool. They did this, this, this. Okay, give it 10, 10 weeks, 10 days, 10 days to 10 weeks, yeah. and everybody becomes idiots again. But we do have humanity growing and moving forward. Yeah, and I, hope so. I really do have hope, honestly, because um, we go, we travel the country full time. And we do our parks we do our podcasts and we do our business and as is since covid we started pet sitting it's not a paid thing it's uh everybody's trusted house sitters everybody check it out trustedhousesitters.com um it's a way this lady came on our show angela she's a community lady uh she came on and talked about it on our show we were like interested in this and we're like what's this about and it's cool people can pet sit and visit an area and the other people the the homeowners travel off you know and someone's actually in the home instead of your pets being in a kennel right and someone's actually in your house which at this day and age like you want someone in your house and trust me we've been doing it for a while now and it turned out to be the best thing but there's also this immersion thing where we get there the night before and we have dinner with a couple the pet parents, right? Right. And we could be of different political beliefs. It doesn't matter. We come together on travel and pets. Guaranteed, they have an album rack of music that we like. 
Guaranteed. Mm, that's cool. Guaranteed we can come together on something. Um, I I say through what we've been doing over the last few years, um, it's gotten worse of divides of people, but I really believe to what we're doing that people want to be together. I agree. People want to. I really do believe that. And I love that you did your album because it. Given the choice between suffering and not suffering, I think we'd all choose not suffering. Exactly. You know, one, one guy we sat for him and his wife and she was awesome. She goes, don't sweat small stuff, Lisa, because I'm like, the washing machine is doing it. She's like, um, and her husband, they're both military. And he, he just looks, he says, I don't care what political party we, None of us want climate change to take us out. None of us want all these disasters to take us out. None of us do. It's about coming together, you know, and it doesn't really matter about the political party. Do we want all these things to happen to us? No, we don't. We really don't. You can argue about them all the, we're just wasting time when we do it. Um, but I, I'm going to go back to the power of music. Mm-hmm. Your album takes us to a place we may never have been. I've never been to Japan, but I feel good listening to your music about it, going, ooh, yeah. you know, I feel like I kind of went there. You know, <laughs> I feel like I kind of, I, no, I kind of went there because I'm not there, right? Yeah. But I have like an experience. And you've got to think how many people get to go to Japan. Not everybody. And that's the power of the arts is to really take people and transport people into places that they've never been or want to go. You bring up a good point because I realized that was my third visit to Japan. The first being with the Merman in 92. We were taken there by a guy who just loved the music and wanted to give it back to his culture. So he actually flew us over there. We did a bunch of small shows, Tokyo and Yokohama. And then in 2007, I worked with a, a theater company who specialized in doing the classic Japanese no form, but infusing the form with Western story. Now, a really interesting thing. Um, I worked uh, with my partner, Suki Okan, musical partner, and we created um, an entire uh, music bed for um, a whole lot of works with them. And we went to Japan to see the original no there. That was 2007. And of course, going on this trip simply for our daughter's birthdays, which is why we were there, and then turning it into a, a, an artistic representation as well. I, you just sort of inspired me to think that, that in some ways I'm sort of giving back, which is kind of cool. Oh, you absolutely are. And when you go to a destination or a place that you're going to, it, I, I, and when I say destination, uh, people think immediate tourism, but that, it, I don't care where it is. It could be a, a two-road dusty place in Louisiana, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just bringing that up. Um, it could be the crossroads, man. Oh, I know. I was going there. I was kind of going there in my head going, don't do that. But I, okay, let's go there, right? Look how that changed yeah, the world. Everyone has a metaphor and, for crossroads. Yeah, every, but isn't that the thing wherever you go it's like it's it's so important that when where we travel people want to be acknowledged about their communities because we travel to a lot of small places right that get left off the place like right now we're in Natchitoches Louisiana the oldest settlement right Louisiana when everybody thinks about Louisiana the first thing they think about is New Orleans of course, New Orleans should be. And our friend is from New Orleans that we're, we're you know, hanging out with. But it the reality is all these little communities make the entire state. And mm-hmm. New, or- New Orleans is great. It's got beignets. It's got music, French Street Quarter and all that. And so does Natchitoches. And the, the community itself is like, oh, you actually understand us you come to visit you took time to visit you you put your dollars in our town um as tourism you know you know eating drinking buying things whatever getting gas 
hotel rooms, bed and breakfast rooms, whatever, like you invested in their community. These people do actually refer, they, they like are like, thank you. And when someone comes to their town beyond the dollar thing, when someone creates something, like if you write an article, make a video, do something and do an album. Oh God, that's a, that's like timeless, man. You, you, you beat us out as travel writers. <laughs> you win. Like you did an album in that's Japan. Like news. I can't do that. The good know? news, Lisa, the good news is it's not a competition. I exactly right. But isn't, but the people of that area love it. It means something that someone appreciates their region, their community, I, I, who they are. I would, I would like to speak to that, if I may. We, we stopped very briefly in Kyoto, which, of course, is a famous tourist place. And, of course, there's also regular Kyoto. But while we were there, my wife suggested that we all put on, we get fitted for, professionally, actual kimonos, our eight-year-old, mm-hmm. 16-year-old, herself and myself. And I thought to myself, well, that sounds like cultural appropriation. Uh, I don't I don't think I would want to do that. And then I did a little research online, and it turned out it was, it, it, according to online, which is... Kimonos in Kyoto. It's like yes. a form of respect. And I was, I was like, okay, that sounds doable, and my wife really wants to do it. Let's do it. So we did it. And we went walking. We took the taxi from the place where we, we got it all done, and we went out to the old town and walked around. And I was astonished. It really was. It was like, thank you for doing that. I mean, people didn't were not overt and saying that, but I could feel it. And it was like, you took the time to give a damn in that regard, in that way that I never would have thought would have been appropriate as an American. I, I would be like, oh no, you can't, that's that's just wrong. But it turns out I was wrong. It was actually like, yeah, that's You really- don't know until you go. Well, I mean, it's also a risk, you know. I mean, I'm, am I gonna am I gonna you know, there's so many ways to, that that could go south. You know, but obviously, hmm. in, that, in that regard, it went it went swimmingly. It was it was wonderful. Oh, that's interesting that you think that way, and I don't like. I I suppose I do, but I just get in. I just always get in, yeah. and um, it's like the other day we we drove across state the country basically from North Carolina to Louisiana. And, um, oh, actually to Tucson. Then we just got to Louisiana. Anyway, that's our crazy life. <laughs> and we were in Odessa area of Texas, like that region. And it's all oil and gas. And, um, it, it, we, I was driving at like four or five in the morning huh. and, um, pulled over the gas station, the gas station thing wasn't working and I'd go inside and I went in and all these oil workers were there mm-hmm. and they looked at me like, what is a white woman doing in this place? You mm-hmm. know, I'm not dressed up or anything. I look like I've been driving for the 20 hours I have been and walked in and it was, they were like, that's how early they're going to work. And the air is horrible. You can't breathe. It's terrible. It's a terrible quality of life. But that's they're they're there. And it remi- as soon as I walked in to this gas station place, like it was a shop with they were making burritos, and it was like I was back in Mexico, like a hundred percent. How were they? How like were so frigging cool. I was like, oh, my God, I'm happy, you know. And the one guy was like, no, no, you come in front of me. And the, I was the only woman. And the one girl, the only girl there was doing the burritos on the side. And this was like a chain store, but not when you get to Texas. Like, when not when you get to these places. They're all there doing their job. They had their, their shift. They were on it. And I was like, God, I'm so glad I... I'm so glad it came in, you know, um, it was, it was so, I don't, I, I don't know how to explain it other than what you do with the sound of sense of place, right? Mm-hmm. How do you deliver that? Sometimes you know, you dancing. <laughs> yeah, to me, I would have gone and recorded the burrito making. <laughs> I wanted to hear the scraping of the mouth, the, the, the cookware, you know, mm-hmm. the, but there's something about that and you you just put it all together which means the world to me 
as a traveler, travel writer, musician, all that stuff. I, I just, it means the world to me when someone goes beyond, you know, when we look at the world of AI and all this crap, like, this is the reality. We can bring things together and um, still be super creative, but keep it reality based. I think that's amazing. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Words. Um, I have to say that that unfortunately, or for better or worse, I have some children that I have to attend to. I know. I have to go too. We're we're all uh, over time. We're uh, all over time. But anyway, thank you so much. Everybody, Alan Whitman's uh, album is out now. Give everybody, tell everybody how to pronounce it. Oh, well, um, it's, uh, I, I pronounce it as an American, Monogatari no Fukue, but I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly right. But it can be had at, uh, at our, our album site on Bandcamp, uh, but not under that name, under Squeaky Studios, and that's with uh, an extra E between the K and the Y, unfortunately, just making it more complicated for life. But it's, uh, I don't know, you could, you could search up... Uh, Nah, probably not the best way. Just squeakystudios.bandcamp.com and misspell squeaky. Thank you. Yeah, misspell squeaky. Put that E by the Y. Yeah. It's all good. Well, thank you so much, Alan. It's been a real pleasure. You're you're very kind to have me on. I really appreciate it. Tell your mom I said hi. And yeah. uh, maybe Miss there's Nancy. a burrito in our future. Who knows? Oh, hopefully. Hopefully. You take care. All right. <laughs> Keep up with our shows at BigBlendRadio.com.